Welcome to Geeks Worldwide presents Press Any Key. I'm, of course, your host, Michael Schluger, and this is episode 289. We have a fantastic show for you. Um, all of us have been very busy with various, various things. So there was no show last week. So we have a lot of, we have last week news, some, the big, the big hits to talk about and this week news to talk about. Uh, but we're going to start off by introducing the crew, which I have not done. You can see I'm out of practice here. Uh, with us, we have Yahel. Hello, I'm having a great day. I, uh, had a four loca when I came home and I didn't tell you guys this. I also played Cybermorph. <laughs> a little bit when I got home. Wow. That explains so, it. I'm ready. I knew it. I'm, two I'm throwbacks. Ready. I'm ready. Not one, but two throwbacks. I like that. And that of that other yeah, lovely dulcet tone is our very own Connor Howard. <laughs> the one and only. <laughs> Thank you. Good to be here. How are we all doing out there? Thanks for joining us. Very good. Very good. I am I'm actually quite happy to be back uh, you know, doing the show because last week was kind of crazy. But Let's jump uh, into it because so much to discuss. Uh, first, we have a quick update for you. And this involves the Shadow of War uh, charity DLC. So uh, if, if, if you guys uh, aren't in the loop, uh, basically one of the developers for Shadow of War unfortunately passed away uh, during the development cycle to cancer. And so to honor him, uh, what they did was they released... a they had announced they were releasing special DLC where they had taken him and turned him into a character in the game. And if you purchased the DLC, uh, the money, the majority of the purchase, something like 90% of the purchase price would go towards helping his family. Um, what happened was uh, two things. Apparently some states in the U S have laws that would have prevented the family from receiving the money. And also, and I didn't know this at the time when we talked about this, internationally, if, if you were in a different country and you purchased this DLC, all the money would go to Warner Brothers and not, not the family, like all of it. Hmm. Um, and so, you know, people read the fine print. They saw this, they got upset, understandably so, and, uh, you know, started speaking up about it. And so Warner Brothers has decided to change things around. It is now going to be free DLC. Everyone's going to just get this for free. Um, and instead, Warner Brothers just made a donation uh, to the family, um, which I think is is the right thing to do. I think that's sort of the best solution to to the situation, right? I agree. Yeah, um, sure. I mean, I I imagine their hearts were in the right place. I mean, it's not like right. either of those companies are hurting for money. Um, yes. So I highly doubt that they were trying to squeeze a few dollars this way. You know. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah. It, you know, it, Warner Brothers gets a lot of flack for a lot of things, rightfully so in most cases, but I think they uh, did the right thing and should be commended for being human beings, I guess. That's true. Um, they, yeah, it's a, <clears throat> go ahead. It was a, sorry, go ahead, Mike. No, it was a great gesture, I think, in the, you know, to begin with. And it's really nice to see companies. That's great, and they, they were going to, they were making DLC anyway. So you know, if they were going to make money off of it and dedicate it to a deceased colleague at the same time, that's whatever. But like, I think making it free and making a donation was kind of the right thing to do from the get go. Also, and I'm glad they. Yes, and uh, if if you if you really like the game, um, there is an actual. Um, 
fundraiser for the family. Um, so you can just donate directly to the family um, for the link. Uh, we'll, we'll have the link. It's under youcaring.com. And the the uh, developer's name is Michael uh, 4G. I hope I'm not butchering that too bad. But we'll have the link. Um, and, you know, you can play the game, see if you like it. And then donate, or you can just donate straight up. It's it's totally up to you. We won't judge. Um, now, we're going to do something a little yeah, different. Whatever you want to do. <laughs> we're going to do something a little different this episode. And we're going to start off with the what the fuck story. Instead of doing our what the fuck stories at the end, uh, we had a brilliant idea to start with it. So I'm going to start with Xbox here. Uh, so recently, um, the Navy uh, asked its soldiers, its soldiers, uh, its sailors, I guess, uh, what sailors, it could do. Yep. Yeah, what it could do to make their life easier. And the answer was uh, uh, resonated loud and clear. They hated using a $38,000 joystick system developed by Lockheed Martin, which controlled the periscope on Virginia-class submarines. Um, I didn't bother to Google this, but did anyone uh, take a look to see how big Virginia-class submarines are? I mean, I, I guess they're big enough to hold a $38,000 joystick. Uh, <laughs> I think they're, they're pretty big. These, these are really, really big. Uh, submarines. Each each submarine alone costs a couple of billion dollars, and they're like 800 plus feet. Uh, no, I lied. I think they're classified technically as fast attack submarines, so I think they're on the slightly medium to smaller side of yeah. underwater, you know, warships. From what yes, I, I was looking, guessing. I was looking at the uh, I was looking at the wrong number here. They're 377 feet long. Still pretty big. Yeah. Um, so so the, big, yeah. the solution uh, to to this thirty eight thousand dollar joystick system was an Xbox One controller. That is the replacement. That's what they're going with. Now, do you think they would have actually preferred a PS Four controller? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. I know I would have. Why? I think most people would be accustomed to a PS4 controller. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Listen, I think it's still a step up in the right direction, but you know what? What of course what boggles my mind is what goes into a thirty-eight thousand joystick system. Like it's a joystick. Bribes. I I mean bribes. I assume. Kickbacks, I guess. It's got to be juicy, juicy government contract dollars. That's what it is. Juicy, Mm. juicy government contract money. That's all I found. That sweet government contract money, man. It's actually just uh, a Steam controller with like Lockheed's logo on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, you know they really ignored the obvious solution of just using a keyboard and mouse. I think. <laughs> obviously, That's the, well, they, they don't want not? to have an unfair advantage yeah. against you know other countries that we've sold Lockheed Martin third controllers. <laughs> So uh, now, despite this thing being $38,000, the soldiers described it as being very clunky and uh, difficult to operate. And I mean, like, this just operates the periscope, you know, like, how how do you fuck this up? It yeah. goes up and down, left and right. Like, what else do yeah. you need the periscope I've, I've watched, to do? Popeye cartoons. Yeah. What what, what else happens there, <laughs> right? But uh, apparently... Uh, what... You are saying? Was the sensitivity off or something like that? They couldn't change the sensitivity settings? It was just I, like freaking out or something like that? I don't know. That, that <laughs> probably, the sensitivity it, settings probably cost an extra 50000 
Sorry. But in all seriousness, um, it, it's oh, right. a lot right. easier for them. You know, it, it's I, I guess the, the, the article implies that it's the controller that they wanted, and it's an Xbox 360 controller. Oh, is it 360? I'm sorry. Yeah, it, it's a 360 controller. Oh, you're right. It's 360. Yes. An Xbox One controller. So even cheaper. Even cheaper. <laughs> you know, so um, yeah. I, I'd the, be curious to see what the, uh, the Lockheed Martin controller looked like. Well, so the, the really interesting thing is Lockheed Martin actually um, ma- released a statement saying that they supported the Navy's decision, which I think well, is I like... mean, well, what are they going to do? <laughs> say, fuck the Navy? Like, that's like... They're not going to say, fuck, fuck the Navy. Forces. Like, they need them to buy their shit. Well, that's true. But then it's like, how is it that your super fancy technology is rendered obsolete with an Xbox 360 controller, of all things? Yeah, Lockheed Martin should have just shut the fuck up, I think, on this one. Uh, I don't know if that's a four loco talking, but that would have been what I would have done. <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh, yeah, there's, I mean, there's, Lockheed there's Martin no- basically already owns the government. So, because they, they make everything for everybody right now, they, yeah. they make all our bombs, they make half our planes. Like, I think they'll do, they'll be fine without that joystick contract. I think they'll make it, <laughs> probably. Probably, they're basically Stark Industries, like they, in the real world. Yes, pretty much. Yes. Um, so if you want to hear more what the fuck stories, there are more. You just have to wait because they're coming. I promise. Uh, we are going to switch gears and talk about our top story or one of our top stories um, for the week. Since we're talking about Xbox, let us talk about Phil Spencer. Uh, so Phil Spencer, he is the head of the Xbox division at Microsoft. And he recently got a promotion. Yay. (laughs) That's right. So he was added to... Congratulations, Phil. That's right. Congratulations to Phil. Um, He recently got added to the senior leadership team, which is a 16-person group that's made up of executives and board of directors members that basically make, you know, what it sounds like. They make the senior leadership decisions for Microsoft. Um, and I was really surprised by this. Uh, you know, prior to this, you know, Phil Spencer had directed, uh, reported directly to the CEO of Microsoft, uh, Satya Nadella. But the question I want to throw out there is, does Phil deserve the promotion? Because Xbox not doing so hot, right? Um, and he now Phil has been around for a little while, but what do you guys think? Does did he deserve this promotion? I, I, I think if you're a consumer, you would say no. But by the same token, we don't know everything that's going on behind the scenes at the corporate level. I don't know. Maybe they were projected to lose X amount of money, and now they're you know going to lose five million less or something like. Like you never know. So maybe that's why he's getting it because the Xbox isn't doing as terrible as they thought it would be doing at this point. Even though I can't fucking imagine that scenario. Um, now. I don't know, so, man. So to give you guys a little sort of you know frame of reference here, right? Uh, Phil got promoted to head of Xbox in late March 2014. Um, so the Xbox One went on sale when? 2013 or, or 14? I'm trying to remember. Uh, let's see. I clearly don't remember. I want to say 2013. 14. No, 13. 
Uh, so Xbox oh, One, 13, okay. yeah. So hmm. X, Xbox One released November twenty second, twenty thirteen. Um, so you know he was there before that, right? So Phil had worked at Microsoft since nineteen eighty eight. So he definitely you know put in the time. Um, but would you guys say that he has uh, done a good job of guiding Xbox One? I mean, I certainly think he he has done some things right. Uh, considering the disaster that was the Xbox One when it first came out. Um, but I would say that there's a lot of work left to be done, right? I think the market share would, would agree with you. <laughs> you sounded... Yeah, you sounded... speaking as, you know, from my bias as a uh, Sony fan, I got to say that, like, there's nothing impressive about the Xbox One, so I can't really think of anything that he's succeeded at in that context, but I think you had a great point where it's, you know, in the inner workings of Microsoft, maybe he has been meeting or exceeding some internal expectations that, you know, add up to him getting promoted. Like it's hard to see from my standpoint, just cause I, I haven't cared about Xbox in a long time, but I, it's, it's feasible. It's, 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 it's possible that he deserved it. And from, now this, you know, this, may be, this may be something where hard to seeing, maybe he's being groomed for something else. Um, and, and honestly, at this point, right. And, and this sounds silly to say, because if you think about the, 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 the lifetime of a console, like it's that PS4 and Xbox, uh, one are still pretty early, right. In their life cycle. I, are they? Well, they're, okay, at the, they're at the halfway point right now. I don't know. But, but, but they're extending their life by, I think so. Yeah. Like, you, you, you know, the, PS4, well, yeah, we've got the, yes, they're not at the end. So no. I, I I would the fact that sure. the Xbox sure. isn't, Xbox One isn't doing as well as you would think Microsoft wanted it to do, maybe they're just grooming him for something else, or you know Microsoft maybe has given up on the Xbox One. If anybody can give up on a multi-billion-dollar console and just say you know fuck it, we're gonna plan for the next one, and maybe he's got some great idea for that. Maybe that's why he's there. Who knows? Like like, like we don't know what's going on. Microsoft people give people give them a lot of shit, but there's a reason why they've been around for as long as they have been, as profitable as they have been. I don't think like they're gonna. Not that they can't make because they're a monopoly. I I don't think that's fair to say they're a monopoly. I mean, there's plenty of choice. But uh, (laughs) I I don't I don't know, man. Like, look, I, I I don't think the guy's done shit, but I don't know everything behind the scenes. But as a consumer, it seems like he should be fired if anything. Yeah, because here's the thing, right? Even though he became head of Xbox. Uh, in 2014, um, he was the general manager of Microsoft Studios, and then he became uh, he was the general manager of Microsoft Studios back in around 2008, 2009, and then became a vice president a little bit later around 2010. So, I mean, he was definitely there in those meetings when the initial planning stages of the Xbox One were coming together. Um, I definitely think. He has made a lot of course corrections. We're seeing backwards mm-hmm. compatibility being pushed. Um, I'm pretty sure he is the big uh, force behind the Xbox One X, uh, for better or worse. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think he was... The Microsoft has done a fairly good job of responding to customers since that disastrous launch. But, you know, unfortunately, it just hasn't been enough to, you know, get things yeah. back on track as much as they would like, I think. Yeah. But we'll see. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, 
I can't believe that he's been groomed for anything else. I'd be really surprised it's, if that was the case. From the outside looking in, it's certainly surprising to hear that the guy in charge of Xbox has been <laughs> given any more duties or responsibilities of any sort, let alone money. Yeah, for sure. But uh, no, listen, Phil, we wish you the best of luck. We want to see you succeed, yeah. right? Competition is a good thing. Um, even though we, <laughs> we, we, we rag on Xbox a little bit, but uh, we I'm always want- rooting for Microsoft that underdog. I know, right? Such an underdog. underdog. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. Um, but let's let's move on. Our next story um, involves. Let's do. I think we. Oh no, we have two Nintendo stories. The other one. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's do. Let's do Fortnite. Let's talk about that real quick. So, very interesting thing happened. This is a story from last week, Fortnite. but still, but still very important to talk about. Uh, basically, uh, Epic, who is the developer of Fortnite, proved, accidentally, I think, uh, that cross-play was possible. Um, basically, a bunch of people that were playing Fortnite saw uh, that people that they were playing with had weird naming conventions. And by that, I mean um, Xbox, when you set up your username, uh, Xbox allows spaces and PlayStation does not. Right? It's weird, but it is what it is. And they were playing with characters, other players in their games had spaces. So they knew that these people were PlayStation, I'm sorry, Xbox users and not PC users, by the way. Um, and long story short, once this was pointed out, Epic fixed it. So there's no more crossplay there. But for a short time um, of, I, I would assume, like two, three days, it was a thing. Um, so what I'm going to, the question I want to ask you guys, why do you think PlayStation, because it's clearly PlayStation is so against crossplay? Well, I, the obvious answer for me, like the first thought is just, uh, if PlayStation owners can play with friends or whatever who own Xboxes, there's less incentive for people to buy PS4s. I don't know. It, it doesn't quite follow logically, but like I, I'm sure the thinking is just like we might sell fewer units if this is an institutionalized practice of crossplay. That's probably what the higher ups of Sony are thinking, or at least that's part of it. That's right. my first thought. I I agree with you 100. Uh, percent It, it and, and I kind of feel the same thing. Like like when you say it out loud, it almost sounds kind of silly, but there are like a lot of great deals on Xbox Ones. You know, and if yeah. I can play Overwatch on Xbox One with my PS4 friends or like whatever other multiplayer game, you know, I want to play like and I can save 100, 150 bucks, like whatever. Why not? You know? Yeah, I, I uh, you know, right. not to not to not to sound like a broken record, but I think you guys are 110 percent correct as well. I, I do think the reasons are economic. And what I really think of it uh, is that and I know it sounds a little cynical of me. But I feel like Sony is keeping this in their back pocket in case they ever do anything that pisses people off, right? Like, because right now, Sony more or less has people's goodwill. People aren't really mad at Sony for any particular thing. They're doing a pretty good job overall. And I feel like as soon as they fuck up with something and it's bound to happen, um, then they'll be like, oh, yeah, and we're introducing crossplay. Because... At the end of at the end of the day, as as we 
briefly mentioned, you know, these consoles are more or less halfway through their life cycle. And even though new units are still being sold, absolutely, for, especially during the holiday season, I think obviously the numbers are far less than it was the first two, three, four years yeah. of the life cycle. Um, and well, so, because. And, and I'm sorry, Mike, just kind of speaking to your point about Sony having something in their back pocket, like what's to prevent Microsoft from saying, like, hey, we're going to let people. Uh, play, you know, multiplayer stuff without having to pay for an Xbox Live subscription. So now people can play for free on Xbox versus paying for like, you know, PS Live, PSN Live, or whatever it's called. Um, so I, 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 I don't know, man. Like, what does PS4, what does PlayStation have to gain from allowing it besides goodwill, which they already have, like you mentioned? Uh, yeah, they, they don't have anything to gain. So why do it? Whereas Xbox, of course, are promoting it. Yeah, they, like they have nothing to lose, man. They're they're, they're right. grasping at straws. Like, I I Agreed. almost wonder if they're promoting Phil to make it seem like Xbox is doing great. That's an interesting idea. Probably not true. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a, but it's, it's a, an interesting not a That's the four loco and cyberwolf yeah. talking. <laughs> Very possible. Very possible. Um, right. We're, we're going to keep gotta an be, eye on this. Gotta be careful with those things. That's right. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to keep an eye on this one. I feel like there is some pressure mounting uh, to make this a thing. But I, again, until until PlayStation, until Sony feels like they need this to somehow earn some goodwill, I, I don't think it will happen. Um, but moving on, let us talk about Nintendo. We got two Nintendo stories for you. Uh, the first one uh, is this came out last week. Uh, but still worth very much noting. Um, a bunch of, um, I guess, what would you call these people? Hackers? If hackers is even the right term. But a bunch, of, a bunch of enthusiasts, shall we say, of the Switch were digging around um, in, in, the, uh, in the OS, and they basically found um, a emulated NES game, a golf game. Um, literally, I think it's NES Golf, right? Is that what it was called? Yeah, NES Golf. Um, and they knew it was a thing, but they they realized that uh, it could be activated somehow. And thus the hunt began to figure this thing out. And the answer is pretty freaking interesting. Basically, the game is designed to be played. It's, it's on all Switches. If you own a Switch, you have this game. But you can only play it on a certain day of the year. And that day is, I think, July 11th. July 11th. That's when Satoru Iwata uh, passed away. Huh. He was, of course, Nintendo's late president uh, or last president. Um, and he had... Uh, that was the day he passed away, and he had a very famous motion. If you ever watched the uh, Nintendo Directs, he would always make this motion where he would go like this and then extend his arms outward as he was starting things off. And that is the motion that you have to make um, with your Joy-Con controllers. And if you do that on July 11th, it will launch this game, which will work natively with the motion technology of your Joy-Cons, which is pretty... That's like a great way to honor. He worked on this game, by the way. 
in case that's not clear. It's an uh, awesome tribute. Yes, it's an awesome, awesome tribute. And the only the only interesting yeah, thing that is, is that is one of the coolest Easter eggs I've ever heard of. The what I'm curious is, you know, because obviously Nintendo didn't want to talk about this. Um, July 11th has passed. They didn't mention this at all. I wonder if this was something that was only meant to be known as a cool Easter egg for, you know, internal employees or, you know, if they were saving it for something else. But regardless, like, that's super cool. I, 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 don't, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know what benefit they would get about out of not letting people know about it. Maybe they wanted it to be found organically closer to July. I, I bet Nintendo, if anything, is more upset about the way it was discovered. And yeah, so, I mean, like, once once it was found out, then people just started sort of, you know, everyone loves a good mystery. So people just started, yeah, you know, trying to get it to work um, any way they could. And the interesting thing is that if you manually change your clock to July 11th, it will not work. Right. Um, because there is a second internal clock that is uh, hmm. in the in the switch that is synced up if you ever connect it to the internet. So yeah, I, only... I, I I think like you have to like completely like let the battery run out or something to like get it to reset for a right. time or something like that. Yeah. So unless you've never ever connected your switch to the internet, not even once. Um, switching it to July 11th will not work for you, and you could try your Hell's Method where you let the battery die, but probably won't um, work. Probably won't <laughs> work either, to be honest. But yeah, still, uh, the thing is, it's, it's Con Con oh, Nintendo and their like secret second clocks, <laughs> <laughs> right? Only Nintendo. Now I'm sure the other companies. Yeah, sorry, too. I don't know what that is. I'm like late. Yeah, you got a slight delay. Yeah. On, on your conversation. Okay, I had a girlfriend like that. Got rid of <laughs> um, I was going to answer the mail from the government. I was going to say that, uh, you know, I, I don't think Nintendo wants people to find out about this one because obviously, you know, July 11th isn't that long ago, relatively speaking. Um, and now that people said yeah. from, he from Nintendo. You so. know, M M Mike, I, I I wonder a little bit if um, it's not so much that Nintendo didn't want people to know about it, but there, there's been uh, Nintendo's gotten a lot of flack about shortages, you know, with the Switch, and people have complained about like who gets it when and like it's such short notice. Maybe Nintendo was like, uh, we don't want to like advertise something like, hey, there's this great tribute to this man that like so many Nintendo fans loved. And oh, you can't access it because you don't have a switch because we didn't make enough. Like like maybe they just didn't feel like it was the right time. Maybe next July they'll make a big deal out of it. So I, I kind of wonder if that played into it a little bit, where like I, they kind of painted themselves into a corner a little bit. So even if they wanted to like publicize it, they would have seemed like assholes in a way. I mean, I don't know. I, I think it all depends on how on how they went about. Doing it, I, I think there would have been a respectful way to to publicize it. Yeah. Um, that's an interesting point that there is a bit of a shortage, um, but yeah, I mean, I at the end of the day, their heart is in the right place. This is a, a right. really, really sweet tribute to a man yes. that was incredibly influential 
uh, for Nintendo. And uh, I, I do hope that, because this is one of those things where, you know, if you're not like a big gamer who like constantly reads gaming news, um, you miss this, right? Like mm-hmm. you don't know about it. Um, so I do hope that, um, you know, next July 11th, we do see this kind of crop up and, and that everyone gets a chance to, you know, experience the game together. Well, uh, we'll fucking see. Yeah, yeah. I, I, um, blame, I, I blame the four logo for everything from here on out. I feel like it just took over me. <laughs> <laughs> Damn you, four loco! Oh, I was like, I, I told myself I'm gonna hold out. I'm gonna hold out to this story. That's that's smart. <laughs> that's smart. Um, our other Nintendo story, uh, kind of interesting. Also, not very surprising if you know anything <laughs> about Nintendo. Um, a mod uh, has shown up online it was i think it was done from a patreon right yeah patreon um where this person uh modified super mario 64 to allow multiple players um i think uh up to 24 players could run around and play the game together and of course this made nintendo very very angry um and they they issued a dmca um they do this a lot, right? Where anytime anyone tries to innovate anything that they've done in the past, they always are like, no, you can't play with our toys. You can only play the way we say you can play. And that, that, always, that always really bothered me about Nintendo. Like, it's it's a 20-year-old game, if if, if not more, right? When, when yeah. Super I, Mario- I, I, I mean, Nintendo has... It's so strange because for such a, a company that was considered to be so innovative... You know, for so long, and at least in terms of gameplay, if not like maybe console power, but you know, like they just can't fucking get with the times. Yeah, they they, they just can't. And the thing is, like, Nintendo probably has the most goodwill generated out of any video game yeah. publisher, developer, console manufacturer, however you want to think of them, out of anyone ever. But that shit's running out. Like, mm. like people, like I see online, people complain about them more and more. They read about uh, how they've treated like third-party developers in the past, in particular. I see them complain about that more and more. Nintendo's time is running out, and I'm going to be drinking a four loco over their grape. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I feel like they've won some goodwill back with the Switch, but but it's like, why are no. you getting no? No, I don't know. Horrible. I've seen. I have a Switch. It sucks. I mean, I I'm not crazy about it, but what, what I'm saying is, okay, I, then. <laughs> what I'm saying, online, I, I kind of agree with Mike. I think he might. I think they might have. On online, from what I've seen, the general reception per slash perception of the Switch has been positive. I think, I think those of us that are older, more hardcore gamers are not happy with it, and there's many reasons why that we've talked about for a long, many sure. many times. I'm not going to reiterate here. Um, but I think the casual person who missed out on the Wii U and maybe thought the Wii U was just like an expansion port for the Wii or something like that, to them, this is fucking amazing. The, you know? the Switch is a great portable device. It's a shit home console. Fair enough. It's, Fair it's, enough. Incon- it's inconvenient. Maybe yes. that's a better way to put it. It's an inconvenient home console. Anyway, that, that's not what the story is about. I apologize. Yeah, but my my getting back to what we were talking about, I mean, this is a 20-year-old game. Super Mario 64 came out in 1996, 
All right. It has been sold and resold and resold after that right. numerous times. So if a couple of thousand people, because let's be honest here, it's not like everyone with the Switch is going to go out and get the mod to this thing and play it. It's right. really only a tiny, tiny subset of people that are ever going to see or experience this mod. Um, to see Nintendo get its panties in a, in a twist is just, you know, they just come out looking like assholes every time. Yeah. So, well, I think Nintendo's more of a thong man. They don't want. <laughs> they don't want. They don't want any. They're very particular. They don't want any lines showing. Uh, but um, I believe I, it. I, I agree, man. Like I, I, I just don't understand what they what they get from this except people being upset with it. Yeah, I don't know. And and the Patreon uh, page that was, you know, doing these sort of mods uh, is, is gone. The guy took it down. Yeah. So good job, Nintendo. You you destroyed another person that was trying to and, have a and I fun. And I believe that the guy that made it, correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, uh, didn't he like say when he posted that he knew Nintendo was going to take it down? Yeah, I mean it's they have a history of doing this. So which, anyone who which, you know. which points to the fact that despite Nintendo's reputation, people still are passionate enough to like do this kind of stuff. You would think Nintendo would want to work with that, and and that would be a, a relationship that they would want to nurture. But right, and that's and that's what drives me crazy is that um, you know, for example, the video that was that announced the mod got a million views. Um, now, again, I want to stress that just because someone viewed the video doesn't mean they're going to go out, out there and right. do all the necessary work to make the mod happen. Because, um, you know, with mods, they can be finicky, obviously. But, you know, like Nintendo, you this is this is the moment where you step in and you hire this person. And you're like, yeah, fucking make this for us and we'll sell it and people will buy it. Instead we, of just like crushing mania. Them. Yeah, look, it's not exactly, exactly, and I and I'm hoping that uh, you know, because Sonic Mania is doing fan fucking tastic. Um, I'm hoping to see a, a sort of um, an industry that the old guard will recognize it and maybe change their attitude a little bit about mods. So we'll see. Uh, but in the interest of time, we have to keep plodding along here. Um, our next story, and we're almost done with the regular stories. I have to say. Um, wait, we got two, 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 we got three, but I'm going to do two because time. Yes. Um, the first one we're going to talk about is an EU study, right? This is very, very interesting to me. Uh, a huge study was done about piracy. And what the, what the study found was that, uh, piracy doesn't hurt game sales. It may actually help them. Now, there's a huge, huge grain of salt that we have to do, that we have to mention with this study. The, the study was conducted via survey. It surveyed 30,000 consumers in six EU countries, the UK, Germany, France, Spain, Poland, and Sweden. And basically, they asked them a bunch of different questions about piracy. But because people might have a tendency to lie when asked, like, are you pirating stuff? There is a 45% error margin, unfortunately, um, that, you know, means that we can't completely trust the answers here, but they're still really, really interesting. Um, 
they basically the study basically concluded that for every hundred games that are downloaded illegally, players actually legally obtain 24 more games than they would in the world where piracy didn't exist. Um, now, I've been talking for a long time, so I'm going to shut up. What did you guys think of this particular study? Conrad? That's me filling in time before he kicks in. <laughs> so that's me being a professional. You're doing good. You're doing good. Well, uh, again, I apologize for the sound delay. So if this is <laughs> going to sound weird, um, yeah, I um, it's it's it, it makes me think of this concept that I've heard of co before called like of pirating and then buying. It's almost like treating like pirating as almost like a demo. Mm -hmm. I think when you have the opportunity for people to download a game, try it out. And then if they like it, they might actually spend money on it. You might see the situation of the opportunity to pirate leading to sales. That's how I would make sense of it. Um, but again, a study, a study like this might have trouble quantifying that. And that's, I think that's where the margin of error comes from. So it's hard, like, it's hard to pin down, but that's what I would, that's my thought on it. That's what I would think. Yeah. And Mike, to your point, it's, it's a pretty damn big margin of error. Which, yes. which to be to be fair, they admit, like like, yes. like like they admit that they go into the particulars of like kind of questions that they asked or whatever. But uh, I mean, I I think that they make an interesting comparison in the uh, the the article about how the same study when it looked at movies, they didn't see they did see a negative effect with piracy there because right. you don't you don't have that level of interact interactivity and like you might download like you might torrent a, a game that's um, you know been hacked. So that you can play it, but you don't get all the features. Maybe you can't go online. Maybe you can't complete X, Y, Z extra quest. Like so, it's almost like a. Uh, I, I don't want to say like the new shareware because that's not right because this is not legal. But it, right. it's it's a really weird buy be try before you buy. Um, I, I I would almost say that maybe just there's very few games that have like substantial demos out now. Maybe that's something that they, um, you know, need, these companies need to invest in. But uh, yeah, I just want to—I I just want to highlight what Conrad wrote. You wouldn't download a car. That's that's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I had to mention that. That's no, true. I agree. So the as you pointed out, the study found that the same was not true of other entertainment mediums, um, movies, music, books, <laughs> um, and and that makes. Sense. I would if I could actually. <laughs> Um, but with, you know, with games, as you pointed out, like you might not be able to play the multiplayer, you might not be able to experience the DLC, um, or you might not be able to play with your friends if there's a co-op, uh, element to the game. And, uh, I definitely think that demos need to be more of a thing, right? We grew up when we were growing up, demos were coming out all the time, especially yeah, man. PlayStation one, PlayStation two era. Um, and and even though demos do exist uh, somewhat on the, the newer same. generation, it's not the same. It's not the same at all, and it and it almost is non-existent on the PC market. Very little, very little. Um, and you know, if 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 people experience the game first, they're much more likely to purchase it. And yeah. uh, I'm you know, it happened to me where XCOM had a free weekend, and I hadn't played XCOM. 
And uh, I was like, oh, free weekend. Let me check it out. And I was like, fuck it. I, I'm going to have to buy this game. This is yeah. too much fun. And they got me. They got me. So yeah. same principle but, but, applies. But, but isn't that great, though, when like a developer gets you like that? Yes. I've been, I've been gotten like that, too. Like, I fucking love it. Yeah. Like, like it's awesome. Like, I found this free game. I, I didn't have to risk anything. Right. You know, like I, I played it for a weekend for like 10 hours and fuck, I'm going to buy it. Yeah. And then, and then I'll play like one hour of it after that. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't feel cheated. I, I don't feel slighted. You know, I, I, I got to like legitimately try it before I bought it. Right. And, and I want to mention real quick that the study did sort of, it didn't just flat out ask, have you pirated stuff? Right. Because that would be too obvious people would answer untruthfully. So they tried to suss out the truth a little bit. So for example, they um, had yeah. questions that used piracy terms like ISO and, and uh, ROM or, you know, something, something yeah. to that effect. ARG. ARG. I think was another one. Um, yes. To see if people were familiar with that. And so people were familiar with those terms, but then claimed that they didn't pirate things, then their responses were kind of thrown out or, or, or viewed as most likely untruthful, right? Because if you're familiar with that, you're you're definitely familiar with, yeah. with piracy. So this is really cool. I'm hoping to see more kind of studies like this done uh, because obviously, you know, piracy has been a thing for a long time. And, and some people obviously are like, yeah, whatever. People who are going to pirate the game weren't going to buy it anyway. And other people are like, no, this is hurting the industry. So, uh we don't have a definitive answer, but maybe someday. Um, our last story, and I and I saved the, the best for last, um, involves the Atari box. Uh, more details have come out about have come out about it, and I couldn't resist talking about this thing. So, um, this thing is being made by the zombie corpse of a company that calls itself Atari, but isn't really. Hey, how? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so basically, we know they're, all, they're owned by Infograms now. Yeah, okay. I have no idea who Infograms. Who's who's Infograms? It's a, it's a French video game developer. That's all. I okay. Do. They bought Hasbro. Great. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so we know that uh, it's going to cost in the two fifty to three hundred dollar price range, which is super high, much higher than people expected, right? Because at 300, you're competing with a Switch, you're competing with the PlayStation 4, you're competing with an Xbox. Um, and we know that it's going to not use Android, it's going to use uh, Linux, and it's going to be packed with an AMD customized processor with Radeon graphics technology. That might sound fancy, but actually both PlayStation and Xbox use you know, AMD customized processors with Radeon graphics technology, so it doesn't mean anything. Um, it's also going to come packed with packed with uh, classic Atari games and supposedly newer titles as well, though nothing specific has been named. Um, and even though I like the you know the uh, faux wood aesthetic here, I'm not going to lie, it looks cute. Um, what do you think these guys are thinking? Do do you, do they even have a remote chance at like selling this thing? I can see. I can see Connor talking. Any second now. And yeah, I can't wait to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have there to wait is. for them to come out with more details 
on this thing. So it's like, it better end up doing more than I think it does. <laughs> I, I, I would argue the announcement of these specs is know. already more than we expected. Uh, unfortunately, more in the terms of price as well. Right. So some people, some people are basically saying that this is an Atari branded, you know, Steam box essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know, there's they're going to make it, but what is it going to do that the existing consoles don't do already? Is the question. Well, here's the thing. You mentioned the fact that it's arcade, it's chip design and and stuff. It's very, it's similar to you know the ps4 for example yes um so that would imply that they're going to go for like high grade games but it's running on a linux based operating system apparently so right. maybe maybe they're going to play like i don't know if you guys have ever browsed like the linux only option or linux compatible games on steam the selection isn't that great uh i would assume it'll play those games um isn't the steam store itself built on linux cuz i remember i remember valve joined the governing body for linux or something like that to help them they might have joined it but like listen there there was a crazy drunk summer where i was like i'm gonna become a linux guy and (laughs) then i saw how few steam games like were available on linux i was like maybe i will dual boot um (laughs) so i i i i don't think it's like as much as you would think i i could be wrong now because i haven't i haven't looked in quite a while but um, I can tell you just from lately because because of like all the work that I did with the Atari video I did recently, I've been kind of like really deep into like people in the Atari community. I can tell you like what they're hoping from this is that they're hoping that not only will it run like old and when we're talking old Atari games, we're talking about the obvious one, 2600, 7800, 5200. Uh, There's already Atari things that can run that. And any your fucking calculator can run that shit, right? But they're looking for like stuff like the Lynx, uh, the Jaguar stuff that like maybe wasn't out there. But even that isn't going to be enough to sell this box to anybody. No, outside of a very niche market. So the fact that it's able to run this kind of stuff would make me think it's going to run like PC games to some extent. Like Linux. Well, yeah, no. That, I mean, I think that's the clear implication that's that was my takeaway right but, but, You've got, but, like, but like pretty high-end versions of one at least at the console level i mean that's sure sure i mean i mean look this thing is going to have sd card support hdmi four usb ports and ethernet right so and I, I think it's important to point out no optical drive so that right. saves uh atari some money in the manufacturing of it so that allows them to be profitable at a price point where maybe it would take uh, you know, Sony or whoever to like sell more co- more units. To be possible. That, that's a really important point, actually. Thank you for making that, Yehel. In case it's not obvious, uh, in case it's not obvious from the from the pictures, this thing doesn't. There's no there's no cartridge. There's no disc. There's nothing you insert into this console. This thing is, you know, digital. 100 percent digital, um, and that actually might turn off a bunch of people. Honestly, because unless you've got a really good internet connection at home, you know, you're not. But does it have an, uh, an SD card? Yeah, it has SD card. SD support. card, but then you still have to download stuff to the. Unless, but, 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 but dude, like, it's, if it's playing like older games, especially if they're like specifically Atari games. And like, oh, sure. Those are like you, a megabyte or something. But, 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 but I, guess, I guess to your point, what you're saying is like if somebody, because they say modern games very vaguely. Right. So if they're playing, 
I don't know, like I'm sure this won't be one of them, but like what's that law lawbreakers or whatever? Uh yeah, it's lawbreakers. Yeah. So because I think that one has Linux support. Um that game's not doing well, by the way. That game is, I, I know it's not. It's just it's doing really, really bad. Cliff Cliff I is saw the sale. not having a good day. <laughs> not having a good summer. But uh yeah, I, I one thing I noticed that was interesting was like they used the old Atari logo, they didn't use the bell bottom logo. Yes. I, at least from what I could see. So that implies to me that they're gonna really concentrate on like old school Atari games. And I almost wonder, obviously this is this like any console is being advertised worldwide, but maybe this is gonna be something marketed more for like European and UK markets where the Atari ST, the Falcon, you know, those kind of like eight bit Atari computers are really, really big. Um, maybe that's an interesting point. Um, the, the hardware is way more powerful than it needs to be. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know, man, I just, I'm just trying to figure this shit out because it doesn't make any fucking sense. It, 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 that's the thing. It doesn't. Right. So, I mean, everyone is going like ape shit over the NES and SNES classic, but the Atari released, you know, its own version of those, like, I don't want to call it the Atari classic, but whatever it was years ago, like I remember yeah. like five years five, six years ago, they were selling them in every pharmacy and... Yeah, like, like 20 bucks or less. Yeah, it was like 20, 30 bucks, and it was just a box that you plugged it in and it had pretty much all the Atari games anyone gave two shits about. Yeah. Um, so, you know, anyone that wanted that um, would have bought that or any of the numerous, numerous, you know, re-releases and, you know, compilations that have come out over all the years it's not like there's a market for this. So it, it, you know, obviously they can't get by on the strength of Atari alone. It's what would too it late take, for that. What would it take you guys to buy this at this price point? Let, 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 let's say it came in at 250, which it probably won't, but at the low end, what would it take? The only thing that would even remotely cause me to think about opening up my wallet is some sort of an exclusive because otherwise, I mean, I don't care about Atari. Atari is unfortunately a little bit too old for me. I never really, you know, played during that time. Um, and again, the compilations are really cheap and easy to get a hold of if everybody wants to experience them. So modern games, I'm already spoken for. I have a PC. I have a PlayStation 4. So unless there is some sort of exclusive that I really, really need to play, I, I don't see this happening for me. Or most people. Conrad, anything? I love watching your lips move. <laughs> <laughs> I love the it's delayed laugh when she's talking. <laughs> this is like the sequel to Time Cop. The further, um, the- I oh, would say that <laughs> if the Atari box ends up doing, <laughs> if the Atari box ends up doing literally everything that the Steam box can do. You're throwing me off here. You're, you're throwing <laughs> off my groove here. <laughs> now I can't now I can't focus cuz <laughs> like Mike said um, I I only buy consoles almost entirely based on exclusives and I think that uh if the Atari box had some kind of really cool exclusive, I would start thinking about it. But up until then, I don't see the use for it. So, so they, they need that killer app. 
basic. Thing. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> oh, wait. You were still talking. I was unaware. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, they need a killer app. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I think this is going to be a, a massive dumpster fire when it comes out, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, they really do. Yeah. yeah. What he said. Um, so I promised you what the fuck stories and what the fuck stories you shall have. Uh, we have two more of them. And the first one involves, I don't know. I, yeah, let's do this one first. Um, Sonic Forces, right? Which is the, the other Sonic game that's coming out. Um, I don't think too many people care about Sonic Forces. I'm not going to lie to you. Sonic Mania has kind of like stolen all the thunder uh, for Sonic fans, I think. Box, so. Oh, yes, yes. Um, so like the, uh, the claim to fame, if you want to even call it that, or the gimmick, let's do that. The gimmick for Sonic Forces is you'll be able to design a custom character within the Sonic world and do stuff with Sonic. I don't know. I, I didn't realize there was a demand for this, but apparently some people are into it. Um, so this game, Sonic Forces in Japan, has a collaboration with obviously the company or the organization that makes the most sense for Sega to ally themselves with in Japan. And that is Hooters. Hooters. You know, the skimpy girls, the wings. Yeah. So if you live in Japan, um, you can visit them in Shibuya West, Ginza, and Akasaka, uh, which are all located in Tokyo. And maybe get something for Sonic Forces. I really don't know what this... This is so weird to me. I just... I don't understand at all why this is a thing. I didn't even know that uh, Hooters had expanded uh, to Japan. I Living in Florida... Oh, yeah, they're have, there. We, we, yeah. We, have, we have the first uh, Hooters ever in Clearwater, which is about 45 minutes from me. And uh, I, I, I am appalled <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is so so random i i wonder like who i was, love like, the, i love like, what was picture. the meeting like i love the picture from the article where oh, yeah. sonic looks pissed off that he's there <laughs> number one <laughs> number two he's the one wearing the sash he's the beauty queen that's right and it's true he's the bell of the ball um and just, despite wearing giant gloves I think some of these girls may have bigger hands. <laughs> but what, what I want to know is, like, what was that marketing meeting like? Like, okay, guys, Sonic Forces coming out. We need this to be a huge success. We need to promote the shit out of this game. Who do we align ourselves with? And then someone's like, Hooters. Tits. Tits sell. <laughs> Let's do that. And the other person's like, brilliant. This is so weird to me because Sega of Japan, I, I would assume because this is, you know, the Japanese hooters that Sega of Japan's involved, right? And Sega of Japan has always been real weird about anything to do with America, American anything. So I, I don't know. This is real weird. The only angle I can think of that would work is if they had the girls dress up as like Sonic characters and then you had like that, that furry niche come in. Yeah, that's the that's the only one that that's the only way that would work. I don't right? know, man. The, the, and the picture is so weird. So it's like the left side of the picture. If you're looking at it, it looks normal. It's like okay, what you'd expect: two Hooters girls and Sonic looking pissed off that he's. <laughs> and then to the right of it, it's like two dudes, but then like a, a, a lady like 
dressed in like a big t-shirt and like she looks just like a fan like she's just like okay here's song. like she looks like songs for boyfriend she got dragged out to this like <laughs> I, I don't know, know. maybe maybe they just like paid her to be there like the and then face. the people behind them all have their backs turned to them which well, obviously is quite the analogy for this partnership <laughs> It's so weird. It's so weird. I, I don't know why this is a thing, but uh, I'm sure the people in, in Tokyo are very excited to. And, but, uh, but, but, but here's the crazy thing, dude. There's no, nobody gets anything out of this. <laughs> nothing's being given. If you read the article, nothing's being given away at Hooters. Sega isn't giving away any Hooters coupons for like, I don't know, shitty wings or like. Well, no, no. It says, it says, stuff. hold on, hold on. It says the collaboration starts from the middle of October. The and Collaboration. Further- Further information will be revealed in a few days, so we what might have an update on the story next on? week. What are they collaborating on? Blue like dyed chicken <laughs> wings? Like I don't know. Oh, uh, whatever. They're they're gonna randomly put like porcupine noodles or something, and, uh, or hedgehog noodles in, in their food. And if you if your tongue gets pierced, then you win. A free I never, copy of Sonic I never realized. I will say this: I never realized until today that Sonic has five fingers. Oh, does he? I think yeah. it depends on who's drawing it. I think they just well, if he's at Hooters, he's got five fingers. I guess he needs at Hooters. He, to eat the to better help him eat the wings, of course. Yes, for the wings. Yes. Um, so our last what the fuck story. <laughs> I love the delayed laughter for Connor. Like he comes in. He's so, upset about the lack of Hooters uh, Sega merch. Yeah, it's the, it's that delayed. So our, our last story is is pretty interesting. Um, it involves Star Citizen, which is that game that, uh, if, you're not, if you're not aware, pulls in literally $2 million a month of funding for imaginary ships that don't exist yet. This game has basically been stuck in development hell. People keep giving them money for some weird reason. And so they kept expanding the scope of the game more and more and more. And... Uh, you know, it's not coming out anytime soon. Uh, well, yeah. And and so uh, a lot of people uh, who, you know, were in that, that initial phase of funding, because this was originally like a Kickstarter and stuff, um, are banding together and demanding refunds. And one guild in particular uh, requested a $45,000 refund. And after a long time, like when I say a long time, I mean mean like several weeks, if not months of back and forth, um, they got it. Now, uh, Cloud Imperium, which is the name of the developer, has come out and stated that uh, they only issued a refund of $330, not $45,000. But uh, frankly, I don't believe them. Well, and the... uh... The thread on Twitter, like they provided proof of right. the amount of the refund. Yes, yes. So, in in my opinion, they they provided a lot of proof on their yeah. part. Right, right. To to show that this was a real refund. So, were, were you guys a fan of because Star Citizen? You know, it's a Chris Roberts project. Um, from you know the guy that created Wing Commander and started Origin. Were, were you guys a fan of the, his? Previous stuff? Um, I have to say, me personally, no. I was I was familiar with it, uh, but I actually never really played his games. 
So, me, no. But I, I knew about him. What about you? Me? Uh, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was a big fan of the Wing Commander series. So, I, I didn't donate to Star Citizen, but uh, I was definitely interested in it. And it, it sucks to see what, like, it's devolved into. Like, it, it's, it's a mess, man. It's a mess. Mess doesn't even begin to. This is the this is the dumpster fire of all dumpster fires, as far as I'm concerned, uh, because this is a game that, you know, like, how do I even explain this? Like, they know they're up shit creek without a paddle. Like, mm-hmm. they know that they're fleecing these people at this point, as far as I'm concerned, um, and yet they are still taking money, day after day week after week, month after month. This game has raised uh, over $2 million in April, May, June, July, and August. That's crazy. Each month, it has raised that much money because people are stupid, gullible morons, and they keep giving them money for imaginary spaceships and stuff that doesn't exist. Yeah, so basically, like in... Two and a half quarters, they've right, raised more capital than like a lot of indie developers raise in two and a half years. Like it's it's obscene. And the Star Citizen, from what I remember, it was supposed to be out like what, like a year and a half, two years ago. Yeah. So I mean, like basically, the game got um, divided into sections. Into because remember, I don't know. This is kind of going back a little bit, but there was supposed to be a single player component. And there was supposed to be a multiplayer right. component. And the idea was that you would play the single player, get a feel for all the mechanics, and then sort of go into the multiplayer where anything goes, and you can trade and or be a, a you know vigilante or whatever you want to do. Um, <clears throat> and this game is supposed to be the idea behind it is supposed to be seamless, right? In the sense that think of. Um, uh, what's that game that you like, Connor? That I think is dumb. Mm. <laughs> well, he's gone. So. Oh, is he? Did he? Did he leave the thing? Yeah, yeah he didn't the, appreciate, the, you. What, he didn't appreciate you insulting his game. I'm, yeah, I'm sure he would. I'm, t- I'm, I'm talking about the the one that came out for like recently that was just called the Walking Simulator. That uh, No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky. Yeah. So it's it's seamless, much like No Man's Sky in the sense that you can like fly around anywhere. And then right. land on the planet and walk around on the planet. It was supposed to, and then on top of that, they added like first-person shooter elements to yeah. it as well, where you could like equip yourselves with yeah guns and shoot it, people and steal their stuff. And Mike, I just want to point out, you might have you might have said this because again, I, I am intoxicated. So if I you already said it, stop me. But like, it wasn't like a person that requested a forty-five thousand dollar refund. It was a guild. So it was, it was a, a guild. Group, it was a group of people that had requested. This, this re- they had spent a bunch of money on these ships, right? And uh, they're the ones that end up requesting the refund. So, and, it, uh, oh, go ahead. Is there oh, no, no, else? I mean, that's pretty much it. Well, oh. I was just gonna say, they're not the only guild that's you know having the same frustrations. So, I to give you an idea though, this game has over the course of its lifespan, which is several years at this point, not gonna lie, has raised and I shit you not. One hundred and fifty nine million seven hundred and seventy four thousand five hundred and thirty six dollars. That's insane. So just to give you just to put that in the comparison. So from what I remember, uh, Chris Roberts, when he did Wing Commander four, 
which was already like the second like you know full motion video uh, Wing Commander game with like name actors like Mark Hamill and Malcolm McDowell. If I remember correctly, that one and Sam Bernard that cost like five million dollars. Now, obviously, let's say you adjust that for inflation, you say ten million dollars. You're telling me that he's earned enough to like make like ten Wing Commander four games? Like it's crazy. Like that can't be like well managed money when you look at the product that they have right now. No way. Absolutely impossible. So, so I mean, this this I don't know if this game will ever come out. I mean, Chris Roberts, when asked about it, just says it'll, it's ready when it's ready. It'll come out when whenever I think it's done. And I mean, he's got the money that I'm sure he could develop this thing for another five, ten years pretty yeah. easily and still have plenty of cash left over. But I mean, you I, know, the, the thing that's killer is like Chris Roberts is a rich man. He could have probably, between his own money and getting some investors, developed this game already for a quarter or what it's been spent on it and had it out plus DLC stuff. But because like there's just money coming in, you, you know how it is like when it's not your money. Oh, you know, sure. It's, it's, it's whatever. And that's what it seems like. And, and it sucks to see that because like growing up as a kid, um, like so the uh, his games on Origin were like the first games that really got me to PC gaming and just seeing like what it's delved into what he has seemingly delved into like it, it just sucks like how can you not feel betrayed if you donated to this comp to, to this uh f fundraiser i i agree and and that's the thing right he got greedy because this was originally a kickstarter that got funded uh five ten times over i don't remember what they were and, and they kept adding like stretch goals from what yeah I they just they were just like oh people want to give us more money okay Why we'll not? take your money We'll just create this other bullshit content. Give us five million more dollars and we'll, uh, you know, whatever. Sure. Whatever you want. You want, you know, someone with three tits on the planet Xanu? Done. <laughs> Another $10 million, please. And yeah, no, this is like, I've lost all respect for this person. You know, if, if, if they had just stopped at a certain point and said, we're good, let's, let's, let's right. just do this. And right. then, you know, go from there. That would be one thing. But uh, I'm always amazed that this thing is still going. I I, I, I am too. And uh, just to give you an idea of how popular it is, I live streamed Wing Commander, uh, like like the PC version of Wing Commander 1 or 2, I don't remember, like maybe like six months ago. And um, when I tweeted it out, I used a Star Citizen hashtag. And I ended up getting like almost 200 people responded from wow. that like over the next like 10 hours or so like but i was like shocked like like and i don't know if that's like them having like some marketing people that are just like you know like doing like bot replies or whatever or retweets or what have you sure it surprised me i mean they can certainly afford it. they got the money for it um but uh you know i mean the, the, there's people that have a passion for like reliving those that wing commander glory days but in a modern pc setting and i don't know man like like <sighs> It sucks. Like I wouldn't fucking donate any more money to this, but from what I understand, they have a lot of repeat donors. Someone, yeah, someone out there keeps. But you know, yeah, the old proverb says, "A fool and his money are soon parted," and I think that's what's happening here. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, uh, we are way over time. Yeah, Chris Roberts. I blame him. It's his fault. Clearly, his fault. Um, we've lost Connor, uh, but I'm sure that uh, if you were here, he would, you know 
have something insightful and witty to say. So just Connor, pretend he's there. Connor will be DLC in Star Citizen if you donate it. That's right. Oh, that's uh, most likely. Um, so until next time, uh, if you actually let me let me take one step back and say if you at all enjoyed our podcast, uh, please hit like, subscribe, leave a comment below. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys, uh, and we always want to enjoy it. Yeah, if you hate our guts, tell us because um, we, we we always want to make the best show possible. So all feedback is good feedback. Um, until next time, I have been your host, Michael Schluger. I've been your hell. Have a great week of gaming. Push a lot of buttons for us and tweet at us at at Pack Podcast. Until next time. This has been a production of the GWW Radio Network. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Also, check out Geeks Worldwide at thegww.com for all the latest news, reviews, and opinions on video games, comics, movies, TV, cosplay, and more. Geeks, assemble!